When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, everybody. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Local Queen, where we celebrate hometown sheroes. And this week, I am in gorgeous. If you see that view behind me, that is not a backdrop, as you can see from the reflection. (laughs) See, this is actually a ring light, but I said we're going to say, oh, it's just top of the Lifesaver building across the street. (laughs) We're in New York City, center of the universe. Um, and I'm very excited to have this special guest on with me this week. We met a few years ago when we did a gig together at the, what the, what the house is called? I think it was, it wasn't the one around the corner. It's Ludlow House, right? Ludlow House? It's Soho House, but it's like Soho House. It's the sister. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's the Soho House. We did a gig for them, which was really fun. And we bonded over our love of cooking and food and all such things. So please put your hands together wherever you may be <laughs> for the beautiful and talented Jacqueline Hyde. This is me imagining it. Isn't that good? Yeah. Just, That's nice. Yay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You look wonderful. Thank you so much. I, uh, I I didn't dress up in drag for this, and it feels lovely. You're not in drag? No, this isn't it. Although I did put on a little makeup because you said we And now I'm like, <laughs> I'm not used to boy makeup, but you can see it right here. If you are if you watch the... This is on... It's going to be on Apple TV, right? Uh, yeah, I was going straight to Paramount+. Plus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is... It's a new spinoff of Great. Drag Race. Yeah. Great. And so... Now everyone's going to get to see that I don't know how to put on boy makeup. Well, I don't either, obviously. Look at this rosacea right here. That's fine. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Nary a brow to be found. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We look like creatures from the deep. Yeah, but that's, that's, I think, important for fans of drag to really um, embrace because (laughs) I like them thinking that underneath we're equally gorgeous. I like that being the. I don't think we're not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just we're hairless. We're hairless. Yeah. Well, (laughs) only here. Yeah. (laughs) Only here. And I have to to keep the nubs. How do you, like, shave them completely off? Well, so when I shaved mine off, because I'm blonde. This is my natural hair color. And when I shaved mine off, I walked into my roommate's, uh, I walked into his bedroom, and I was like, look at me, I'm a monster. And he looked at me, and he said, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, he just thought, <laughs> he just thought I was going insane. But I shaved him off, and he couldn't even tell. So I don't really, they, I don't miss them too much. Yeah. Until I'm, like, on a date, and I assume that they know what I looked like before. Do they not? No, not How usually. do you get your dates? I, usually, um, I mean, lately, God, it's been so long. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I did get one recently through a show. And that's always weird. Like, you're at a show. Oh. But I purposefully leave, like, a few boy pictures in my Instagram. And now, since quarantine, there are a bunch of me, like, out of drag, starting the video and then getting into drag. Uh-huh. So they can at least stalk me a little bit before they talk to me <laughs> and see if, whether or not I am worthy of their love. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I know, I know. It's such a sad way to put it. But at least they know sometimes what they're getting into. But I also feel like because your hair is so light, you know, unless you really go up and look, mm-hmm. maybe you just have like light eyebrows. Well, yeah, exactly. But also, like, there, I realized after shaving them that, like, when I move my... Because I don't have Botox. I don't. I had it one time. I hated it. Really? Hated it. Well, because, like, I also feel like the faces are part of the joke sometimes. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, how do you lip sync a song and really kind of tell a story when you're not able to use, you know, all of your facial <laughs> muscles? <laughs> exactly. you got to be a dancer, and I'm not that. I am uh, only an erotic, exotic dancer. A private dancer. <laughs> a dancer for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my the slow stuff. But even then, I can't. My hips don't work. 
I don't know what it my is. My hips do lie. You're, yeah, they I, give it they, to I, No, they lie. They're like, oh, yeah, you can do this. Oh, yeah, you look sexy. Keep doing it. And then I see a video that I've been tagged in, and it looks like I just have to pee. <laughs> That's exactly what I look like. I just <laughs> I just did a charity event um, on one of the piers over here. And at some point, they a were like... A charity event. Yeah, exactly. I did it for nothing. <laughs> and um, I went... I went over and at some point they had me doing like, they had cheerleaders mm-hmm. and they were like, volunteers get in here. And naturally like whoever's promoting, like who's saying we need volunteers, they see you in drag and they're like, she's down for anything. And so <laughs> they dragged me in and we're supposed to like follow along with the cheerleaders. And I am two steps behind, but I thought I was killing it. And I saw a video and I look sad without the pom poms. It would have been a real sad video, but I shared it. Well, I have always learned not to trust myself whenever it comes to choreography, because usually when I think I'm doing it right, I look awful. Yeah. I look like... Because you're also, you can see yourself thinking. You see yeah. that in the videos. Yeah. And I look like, what's her name from, um, I dreamed a dream and time's gone by. Anne Hathaway? No, not her. I never oh. looked like her. God, I wish. <laughs> I that's everyone is gonna hate me for that. What is the was the Britain's Got Talent? Oh, Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle. Oh my god. I look like Susan Boyle performing in a community theater production of Showgirls the Musical. <laughs> but if I get out of my own way and I'm like, no, you are completely wrong, do it the opposite way of what you think, then it usually looks right. What do you mean? How do you do the opposite of what how do, I don't know what you mean. Well, like instead, like in my head, if I'm like, all right, we go on the two and the four. And then I go, no, you're always wrong when you go on the two and the four. Go on the one and the three. Oh, so timing wise. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't even get that far. Dancers hate me because like, I'll, the second I mess up one thing, I make it a joke that I don't know. Mm. <laughs> So I just spit. Ah, I just spit ah, all over you. No, I made fine. myself laugh. I made myself laugh because I've done this a few times with a co-host. If you mine. keep spitting, you will never just be popular. Keep, just keep. Oh, if I keep spitting, I thought you said yeah. keep spinning, which is oh, you should spin. How I dance? It's just I oh, me too. Now I can spin like nobody's business and not get dizzy. Either. Girl, I could run a spin class. <laughs> well, well, maybe without. Well, it's a stationary bike. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, not have to as go There's not so much coordination when it's stuck that way. I love that we are seven minutes into this podcast and we are not talking about anything in particular. You know what? I think now's a good time to introduce you to our say, dozens of fans out here. Did we say my name? I, well, I did say, I did introduce you, but I would like you to introduce yourself to all of my friends out here Ooh, and okay. tell them like, just like a brief overview of who you are as a queen. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm Jacqueline Hyde. I'm a New York City comedy queen and host. Uh, I'm a theater queen and a cooking queen, uh, very much like you. I remember- Oh, I mean, look at us. You can't even tell us apart. Yeah, exactly, twins. I'm gonna have to put our our names at the bottom over here. Just to make sure that people can tell who's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm Um, uh, I remember when we met, I actually was singing a song that you do all the time, but I didn't know that you do it. And I was so nervous after that. I don't even think I got, I don't even think I got the words. So what you're saying is you don't follow my work. (laughs) Not, this was like, what, four years ago? Three, seven, nine, I don't know. We're, it's, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Basically. Time stops. If we had to like, I'm just going to say I aspire to be Ginger Minge. That's the, that see, and now that's going to go in. Yeah. I know how to get my airtime. I perspire to be Ginger Minge. Oh my God, me too right now. Are you a sweater? Yes, it's so hot right now, is it not? I apologize. We were at this beautiful um, hotel here that they provided for us. Um, I wish I could give you the full tour. Maybe we'll take some uh, phone video and post it later. But it's a cute room, but with the bathroom, like the bathtub is on the other side of like a window of the bed, which is on the floor. <laughs> and it's just like a McDonald's drive up window. So I don't know what clientele this hotel um, you can caters to. You've only been here like an hour, right? Nobody's yeah. had a chance to, to like bathe or 
No, not yet. It's, well, we try not to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you like to keep the musk. Well, yeah. Well, it, well, during a pandemic, that is the most natural propellant <laughs> for people to come t- running towards you. Keeps everyone six feet away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I got it. I'm and like, in that window to that bed, that is less than six inches away. Yeah, but the, at least they have like the... Yeah. The, it is, they're really close. It's nice. What they've done with the little space they have... Really impressive. Yes, what she has done with the art. (laughs) Speaking of the art, okay, so we met at the Soho house. You were performing a song that I did. What song was that? It was I Am Am What I Am. I Am What I Am. It was a Pride event, right? Yes, it was for like Youth Pride? It was World Pride. World Pride. It It was was World Pride. Oh, oh, what was that? Two years ago then? Hi, Mary. I I I told you. But I actually, I have a photo from that day, which I actually have taken down from the internet because even though I liked having a photo with you on my, on my Instagram, I look, I remember the day I walked in, I saw you for the first time. I was really nervous about it. And you, I walked in and you were like, wow, you're gorgeous. And now I look back at the photo and I was not. I think you were. I'll show you the photo before I leave. And I did not. I was also in like, I don't even think I was padded that day. Go and check my story. As soon as you're done listening to this, we will post the photo. Yeah. And it'll be, I'm in like this neon yellow thing with a very hard, it's not really a hard front, but since the lace was not that clean, it looked like a hard front. (laughs) It was more of a skin front. Yeah, it was rough. And so now that photo I've taken down, I'll post it actually after this happens. Just yes, to see if absolutely. See it. I think you should. And we will, we'll go ahead and post it on my story so you can all see it and sound off in your comments. I mm-hmm. still think that you were gorgeous. Well, thank you. I like to think that I've improved, but I every time I see well, that photo, I'm like, wow, she was so nice to me. Well, but I also <laughs> feel like, you know, if you feel like you've made it to the point where you don't need to improve, then hang up the heels, girl, because it's done. Right. I mean, yeah, it's always it's always a journey. We're I feel like growing. I look completely different than I did then. Than two years ago? Yeah. I feel like my makeup has changed so much. My style has changed so much. I mean, that's just kind of like Probably. what drag is. I recently have been watching you with, um, uh, oh God, she's going to hate me for not knowing this. Uh, I've also met her. You're doing a cooking show. Oh, Jiggly. With Jiggly. Yes. You've been doing a cooking Mrs. show Mrs. Jigglesworth. Those outfits are some of my favorite outfits. I want those ones. Thank you very much. Well, that's because <laughs> much like all of our digital shows during COVID, it's just from like the tits up. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That was the best part of quarantine. I was doing all online shows and I didn't have to talk ever. Yeah. And then when we came back, I was like, are we sure? It doesn't seem safe outside yet. (laughs) Everybody stay indoors. I think I was the only person who liked it. (laughs) I remember. So um, when I did phone on All Star 6, it was the first time where. That was a good one. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, It was the first time where I had been asked to do a full-blown performance from head to toe um, since quarantine started. So, you know, like, once you are used to kind of, like, doing from, like, the nipples up into a camera for so long, Mm -hmm. you kind of lose the stamina? Yeah. And the ankle strength? You mean like you can't breathe? Like I couldn't breathe. Okay, so here you go. Here's the real tea. I had a full-blown asthma attack. On stage in that number? As soon as I hobbled backstage, I was like, I'm not going to... She just gave me $30,000. I'm going to not let RuPaul see me collapse. (laughs) I made it down the stairs, and I was like, (laughs) somebody give me my inhaler. Oh, my God. I really want to go back and watch it and now see that through that lens. Are you you going to tell people? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But you can actually see it at the end of the performance when when she's like, announces that I want. I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> we're also going to post that clip on the story so go and look for that everyone's going to think you're just like really excited that you which I'm sure you were so that's not even it's not even a lie but yeah. you also couldn't breathe yeah but I was sitting there going oh I wonder how quickly they're going to give me that 30000 in case I have to like go to the hospital and pay some bills <laughs> They'll be like, you'll be allowed to come back next season and they'll yeah. play Eureka honestly get injured that's the best way well, I, I said to Eureka I was like Bitch, you're onto something here. 
You should come back every year, make it as far as you want, and then injure yourself so you just keep coming back. Bring like a bottle of water and pour it on the ground and be like, oh, oh I've slipped. Oh, no. <laughs> See you guys next season. Like, right, in, right into the camera. See you guys next season. They have to send me home. So, speaking of home, your home is New York City. Yes. But where are you from? Are you from here? No, I've been here. Actually, this we're coming up on, I want to say, eight years now in New York City. Um, but I come from Arizona. Oh, wow. What part? I, it's real. It's a small town. It's called Kingman. Kingman. It's always a fun. It's fun to tell people because the few people who have been there or know it are like, oh, like it's <laughs> it's small and it's uh Arizona. It's very Arizona. It's very dry. But yes, very, it's very dry, very hot, and very um, uh, red, you know, red Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm convinced that's because of all the nosebleeds. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the... I had to leave. If you look at me like I'm the whitest person, <laughs> and I would always... My lips were always chapped. My nose was all... I, I was not a fun child to be around, or probably have. But... Um, <laughs> So sorry, mom, but I I finally got out, and when I landed here, I was like, <gasps> like it's a it's an adjustment. You're, Moisture, yeah. I yeah. was like, oh my god, I'm swimming right now. I'm sweating all the time. Uh-huh. That's new now. I'm not really good in any climate. I'm just born to be uncomfortable. I'm born to be indoors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the AC is. Uh huh. I was just having a conversation about that uh, with somebody on the phone, and they were like, oh, you know, I'm just. I I have this vitamin D deficiency, which makes no sense because I literally live in Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Right, where it's beautiful all the time. Yeah, and I was like, well, I actually, now that you mentioned it, like, I had a vitamin D deficiency years back, and I live in Orlando, Florida, where it's like it's supposed to be like where you're supposed to get the most sunshine and but- vitamin D. Not I don't go outdoors. Not in the humidity in Florida. Absolutely not. What what is the what are the like symptoms of vitamin D deficiency? Because I've never checked myself. I don't know, but we it. can Google it. Here, hold on, I'm gonna Google it. Here you can go outside without even seeing the sun. Well, that's lovely. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So when I when did you move here? Like what age? Um, I was a two, 18. I was 18. 18. I moved here when I was 18. Wait, you're in Texas. No, I'm in Orlando. I get around, is what I'm saying. I was going to say, where did you buy? You bought a house. I bought a house in Orlando. I, for some reason, thought you lived in Texas, but wonderful. You were just no, in Texas. I was just in Texas. That's why I got confused. Yeah, you move around a lot. I Well, I do. Well, no, I mean, I've lived in Florida 99% of my life. Oh, okay. But I moved here when I was 18 because I was a musical theater baby, too. Where did you go to school here? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, I, I went to school, but honestly, theater, theater school, I went to theater school and then cooking school here, both of which you don't really necessarily need to get into either industry. Yeah. Well, my husband, he went to CIA. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're going to see me looking over here. That's fine. They know he's always working around. That's cool. And then did you, you didn't study that either, right? Um, no. Officially. No, I've never been much of a, like a school person. Neither am I, but both of my parents are teachers. So I always felt like I kind of had to. I have a lot of teachers in my family. And I think that that's what taught me. (laughs) That it's nonsense. Like if you want to do things that um, are creative and artistic, you can't really be taught that. You can be taught techniques that will help you, Mm -hmm. but you either have the talent or you don't. Yeah. And so I was very poor. Like, I grew up really poor. So I didn't have the money to just be like, okay, I think I'm going to go to theater school now or cooking school. And I didn't have the money. I'm not saying that you did. I'm not saying that you did. You made the right choice. I'm still in debt. (laughs) But that's what, that's what, the good thing about being the youngest of four was that I had seen both of my brothers and my sister, you know, they're, they're like 10 years older than me. So I had seen them go off to college and take out all these student loans and do all these things. And and then they are just like drowning in that debt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't necessarily want to do that. I had wanted to become a teacher. So of course I would have had to go to school if I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. But once I decided to really just kind of pursue theater, 
or something artistic like that. I was like, I'm just going to dive head first into it. Do they, do your siblings have like people jobs? My sister <laughs> has been a special education teacher. Oh, that's for, a good um, Yeah, she's, she's really good at it. I make fun of my sister a lot, but she's one of the best teachers I've ever met. Um, she's been doing that for 28 years. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I used to be her teacher's assistant years ago when I was trying to figure out if that's what I wanted to do. And then I was like, no, these kids, they're fucking mean. (laughs) They're mean and they know more shit than I do. All kids are terrifying. I love them and I can't wait to have my own. But I was like, I don't know that that's necessarily the environment for me. Um, And then my brothers are both military. Oh, okay. So, but they actually, like, they know how to do anything and everything because they ended up going um they went to college and did like their their regular stuff and then they went okay if i'm going to specialize in anything i'm going to go into the military so that i don't have to take on more and then they can yeah Yeah. good plan yeah a great plan it's worked out they've been career military so they've both been in it for over 20 years it's so funny i wonder what it's like i mean because do your sister's students know who you are um, like, do they follow Drag Race, or are they very young? Well, they're very young. I don't know, because I've never gone into her class, like, <clears throat> in years and years since I've been who I am. But my nephews, who, they live with us. Uh, well, our oldest one just left for the military. Um, but the youngest one, of course, you know, Drag Race being as popular as much of a cultural phenomenon as it's become, they are very proud of that. And so yeah. they let other people know. And then all of a sudden... They're super cool. Well, then they're like, um, Uncle Josh, can you come pick me up from school today? <laughs> and then you drive up and there's just a whole, like... <laughs> a crowd of a people. Gaggle, like, oh, hi! It's the teachers, it's the students, it's the mothers. And they the promised everyone a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute, though. Could you throw on some makeup and pick me up from school? <laughs> all right, so... Um, <clears throat> These are the symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. (laughs) Vitamin D is an extremely important vitamin that has powerful effects on several systems throughout your body. Unlike other vitamins, vitamin D functions like a hormone. Emphasis on whore. Every single cell in your body has a receptor for it. It's also found in certain foods such as fatty fish and fortified dairy products. I am a fatty fish. I was going to say, a fatty fish... I get enough of that. (laughs) Though it's very difficult to get enough from diet alone. For most adults, the recommended dietary allowance, RDA, for vitamin D is around 600 to 800 IU. But many experts recommend getting even more than that. Vitamin D deficiency is very common. It's estimated that about 1 billion people worldwide have low blood levels of the vitamin D. Oh, then I absolutely have to. Oh, here are some of the most common risk factors for vitamin D deficiency. Having dark skin, being an older adult, being overweight or having obesity. I mean, I feel like that's... I was going to say, these don't seem like symptoms. Not, seem... <laughs> not eating much fish or dairy. This is just what this you should do. This is the causes. Do. The causes. <laughs> the causes, just being oh, old. Oh, okay, fine. You just have to keep scrolling, sorry. This is one of those clickbait things. You just yeah. have to keep going. So one, being <clears throat> sick or getting infections often. Okay. Okay. Fatigue and tiredness. I have it. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Just sold. Bone and back pain. Yeah. I have that. <laughs> Hence okay. the bad dancing. Depression. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not legally allowed to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Impaired wound healing. I was like, if you cut yourself, it takes longer for it to heal. I don't know. I feel like I'd have to go outside and do something to get cut. Bone loss. How do you lose bones? I don't know. I haven't had a forearm in like a week. <laughs> Hair loss. Oh, well, that's... I've got plenty. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm... It's, yeah. It's, oh, my God. I'm going to get that. What is that stuff? The pill? Hims? Hims? Yeah, the one that, like, r- replenishes the hair. Isn't that Rogaine? Yeah, I'll do that, too. I'll do all of them. I don't know. <laughs> Muscle pain. I don't have any muscles, so that's fine. <laughs> Great, yeah. And, oh, this is the bottom line. Vitamin D deficiency is incredibly common and most people are unaware of it. That's because the symptoms are often subtle 
and nonspecific, meaning that it's hard to know if they're caused by low vitamin D levels or other factors. All right, so what I was going to say, it basically just sounds like being an adult is this, having vitamin D <laughs> deficiency. This is just a call to action for all of you to get as much D as possible. Go out and get the D. Get the D. Now you go and do that. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor or a song from my new album. I'm not sure we're going to surprise you with it. But when we come back, we're going to delve into what makes you you. I'm so excited to hear who our sponsor is. I know. Me too. And we're back, 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 back again. And no, I'm not talking to Anthony Rapp, circa 1996 original Broadway cast of Rent the Musical at the Nederlander Theater on 41st Street. I am talking to the one and only Jacqueline Hyde. That was a real specific reference you just threw at us. Yeah. All right, get it. You know, tonight I actually called out of Broadway Mondays to come talk to you. <gasps> Don't tell them that. It's, it's happening. We should go. Oh, Think what time is it? It's, uh, well, it's 35 minutes ago, so. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, it's drag time, though, so we yeah, still have so an hour. Yeah, so it's in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit. So you, you came here eight years ago, you said? Yeah. And were you already doing drag at that point? Or... No, I, I went to school for theater, mm-hmm. and I was very determined I was going to be a theater person. That that was and that's as that's pretty much as specific as my goals were. As yeah. I was like, there will be theater. It will be and technically here I am. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that was all I had. I didn't it wasn't until uh two years later I saw my drag mother do a show. I was twenty at the time. She didn't know, and I'm making that clear to everyone. I snuck in. Oh. I snuck in. It was in one of the borough bars, so they didn't card me. And I had this fun trick when I would go into bars. I would order a dirty gin martini because nobody cards someone who orders a dirty, a dirty gin, gin martini. Yeah, they just assume you're like an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> so then I saw my drag mother, Suddenly Seymour, who I believe you also Who knew. I knew from theater before either one of us ever even knew what drag was. So you were doing, that's right. And you did, um, did you do the cruises as well? or No, um, actually, so we met... Years and years ago on AOL, uh, the AIM on the, oh, the Instant Messenger. That. Yeah, because we were both obsessed with Little Shop of Horrors. Of course, suddenly Seymour. Yes. And so we were both like constantly working on different productions of Little Shop of Horrors and always like comparing and contrasting notes and sending videos and pictures and programs. So we were basically like, very show specific pen pals. <laughs> it's like you didn't talk unless you were in a little shop of horse production, which it seemed was apparently happening all the time. All the time, because it happened in every school, in every community theater, every regional theater, everything. Um, and I've that I've done that show more than any show in my entire life. How many times? What's like an estimate of how many times you've done Little Shop? And also, I've, who were you? I I have been Seymour. I was Seymour five times. Okay. Which was fun. Um, I really want to be Audrey. Uh, I've been the voice of the plan a couple times. Okay. I've puppeteered the plan a couple times. So, I mean, I, I, that I, sounds like a lot of fun to me. It is not. No? Not when you're five foot three and can barely reach like up into the plant <laughs> to make it do this. Because it's huge. Like it's better in the first little part of the show. Yeah, when it's then- just like... <laughs> And then once it gets big, you're like, it's outgrown me. I'm like, I'm tired. Maybe I have vitamin D deficiency. (laughs) Well, in the puppet, absolutely. (laughs) Those are the seasons of vitamin D deficiency. Right. But we were also obsessed, like, with the movie, uh, the musical movie, the original movie. Um, I win the the pre-Broadway tryout. With Alice Ripley and Hunter Foster, I've not they, seen this, so I'm not going to pretend. No, I'm you don't have to. But they, there was a bit. It was quite the scandal, really. It was. It started down at the um, the Actors Playhouse in Coral Gables, Florida, and it was Hunter Foster, Alice Ripley was Audrey, Billy Porter was Audrey too. Oh, um, Connie Grappo, who was the original assistant director on the like the original off-broadway production who was also married to lee wilkoff who was the original seymour off-broadway she directed it yeah she directed it it was a great production but there was some kind of like weird shit happening behind the scenes and they canceled it 
when it was in Miami. Weird then, shit. Yeah, I don't know what happened. They were just like, no more. There was drama. And it ju- it was a great production. I went to, I drove, it's like five hours from my house, drove down there to see it and back like Ooh. four or five times during the run. And I would always like report back to, I wonder to who, suddenly see more. In my mind, I'm like, who had the showmance? I don't know. But they fired, they fired the entire cast. Oh, you you saw suddenly Seymour. Yes. Here in New York City. Yes. And then she invited me to do her. She had a debutante show at the time, which is just she would bring people in, anyone who wanted to start for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that video is out there. I just wore like a basic black dress. There was no padding, no doing any, none. I didn't do drag really, but I went up on stage and I sang. Well, actually, she invited me to do it at a bar, a local bar called Barracuda. And I, I love Barracuda. I like, I scouted out the location and I went in there and I was 20 at the time. And I walked in and immediately the bartender was like, can I see your card? And, <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I lost it. You know, like, I was uh-huh. like, oh, no, I don't. I don't know. I left it at home. And he was like, okay, well, I can't serve you. <laughs> and so <laughs> then I had to go and tell Sutton that I had lost my ID and she let me go to that local bar where she was performing and do a number there. Oh, that's sweet. What bar was that? That was Albatross. It's out in Queens. Okay. So that was your first drag number. Yes. What was it? It was, it's called, it's called Pour Me a Man. It's from a show called, um, uh, it's from Miss Gulch. Miss Gulch Returns, which is a oh, Fred Martin show. I, okay, I know that show. I've never read it, seen it, heard it, but I remember reading the articles on Broadway World. I don't think you can read it, see it, hear it. I don't think the uh, script is out there because I tried to get the rights recently because I still do that number. I love that number. And now I've incorporated, like, I've incorporated now as Pour Me a Man and I Take a Shot. So that, oh. that it doesn't come out often now <laughs> because I can't, it's six you know, verses. You can't take six shots in a number unless it's your last number and you've got a car called. Well, and then the last shot has to be of insulin. Yeah, exactly. Especially when I'm doing Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm not going to live long, but I'm here for a good time. So you you break into this show. Yeah. You do Pour Me a Man. Yep. From Miss Gulch Returns. Yes. Rise Again. <laughs> yeah. Miss Gulch is on her bike. It's something. Spin class. And um, it goes over well? Yeah, it went really well. And I had, you know, I had friends supporting me, but also Albatross is such a supportive uh, bar, especially for new queens. And at that point, I then started working at Albatross as a bartender. And then something happened. Somebody left or I don't know what happened. I can't remember who was even there before me. And the owner turns to me and he's like, I don't know who we're going to get to do, who's going to take over the spot. It was a Monday karaoke. And I, being a brand new drag queen, you know the energy of brand new drag queens where it's like, well, obviously, why didn't you think of me? (laughs) Like, I will be your star. I have a shake and go in my bag. Yeah, I have one wig, and it was like a curly blonde Marilyn because that's everybody's first drag wig. Either that or like the long straight thing that has no... Mm, Mine was, it was a black like Dora the Explorer kind of bob no. with the attached headband. <laughs> Wait, like it was specifically for Dora? No, 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 oh, no, no. This was before Dora the Explorer really kind of was a thing, I think. But it had like it, it was like one of those things where like the girls put it on when they have to go through the airport and they don't want to bother with their real hair. So it has like that sweat band attached to it. Oh. Cause you know, a lace front was not a, a no a cheap thing to get. And I didn't even days. know, I didn't even know that those were a thing. Like when you start, you don't know there are different kinds of wigs. People will now reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'm getting a wig. And I'm like, you don't even, okay. You I'm like, okay. You don't know. There's just so much to learn when you're, when you're getting mm-hmm. into drag. So I had that little blonde Marilyn. I had the one black dress. And I think I had like, I, I, I had like two pairs of tights from like Walgreens Uh and I was like, I will do it. I'll be your star. And they gave it to me because they, you know, I'm at least fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then slowly I got better at it. But even then it was two years of me still looking rough, uh, looking rough. (laughs) And then I guested at a bunch of uh, stuff in Manhattan and slowly just jumped in. Yeah. And so that was your first hosting gig. Yes. Is that something that you are like naturally drawn to as a theater person? Like like being a hostess? Yes. 
I, it's my absolute favorite thing. And actually, you know what? I worked in a straight Irish bar first. Oh, I forgot. I ended up coming to, I, someone from that booked me for, it was the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was like on 30th. It's called, I can't remember what it's called. The Crooked Knife posted there. Then ended up because I had like, I had two dresses at that point. Oh, then I worked at, uh, at the Broadway care, or I'm sorry, the Monday karaoke. But, uh, sorry what was your question i had to correct that and no then, so oh being yeah, a host. yeah because i will say that like hostessing is probably what i am best at mm-hmm. it's what i'm most comfortable doing and it's something that i feel like i offer that's different than most people and, and a lot of girls they can't host you hand them a microphone and they clam they up. don't know what to say yeah. yeah it's really and it's also so crazy to me because i see girls that i and that's something that i have to say to myself all the time is like this is a skill too mm-hmm. because you'll see those dancers who can like hit it and i look at them and i'm like i want to be you uh-huh and then you see them on a mic afterwards and they like start to like I don't, they look at you like with panic in your eyes in yeah. their eyes and you're like oh yeah okay i'll do this I, I can do this part even though it's the same bitch that's running her mouth and making everybody bust up backstage right and but then when they get on stage it's a totally different I, yeah i don't know what that is but that's definitely my favorite part of drag but i also on the flip side of that I have no problem dancing around backstage and pretending like I know how to kickball change and do all that kind of shit. Or at least, but um, you put me on stage and I'm like, (laughs) this has to be perfect. And that's the same thing is you're like, this isn't what I excel at. And I think it has to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas like hosting, you know, you'd mess up all the time, but it's like, as long as you're not stopping, that's really, exactly. That's really the talent. Yeah. You just, you just got, you have to, suck the air out of the room basically (laughs) exactly (laughs) which is not great i realized that now that i've been doing because uh actually today oh my gosh today today is um six years in drag (gasps) look at that yeah i mean by the time you see this it will have been like a month ago but but send her some flowers anyway she deserves them so today is my six uh six years in drag and now that i've been doing it for so long i suck the air out of the room when I'm not in drag, you know, I'll go, I'll go on dates. And hey realize, girl. Hey honey. Hey, I've been talking for like 20 minutes. I'll be like, uh, what do you do? Or, What's your name? Are you who I'm supposed to meet? <laughs> I walk in and I'm talking to like the, the host at the restaurant for 20 minutes. Oh, you think you're a hostess. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not great at turning it off now. Yeah, but I I don't think that that's a detriment <laughs> no, at it's all. Fine. Everybody loves somebody who can keep the conversation moving. I yeah, I had um over quarantine, we were watching Drag Race like on a Zoom. Okay. And so I would I, it was me and like six other friends and I would be talking incessantly and I'd always get really self-conscious about it, but then I'd and so I'd stop and when I stopped there was no nothing. just crickets yeah and i'd be like then i'd start talking again because I, it's not what we're here for yeah so then i'd start going again and it's it, i have to try to <laughs> tread like stay on the line it, it it's it's a, it's a tough balance it's like uh every gig you do is different it's it's like you know if you go out there and you do a beyonce number you know that whether you are in pokoima poughkeepsie or fucking um pakistan it's gonna go over well people are gonna be like yes we love beyonce but humor is so subjective and conversation is so personal Mm -hmm. that it it, every time you step on stage even if it's in your home bar where you have been for years and years it's a different experience you've got to know the so how often do you involve the audience because I find constantly, yeah, I find that I want to talk to the audience, get to know as much of it as possible, so that I can make them feel like they're part of it. This podcast is my hosting style. I literally just talk to people. Yeah, I want to get to know them and know about their day, spotlight them a little bit. And I think that's make what makes it so easy, though, is being able to talk to people and being okay with giving up the spotlight a little bit, mm-hmm. and that makes it a lot easier to host. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you just have to talk in circles mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people approach me to do stand-up comedy, which I did at one time and was the scariest thing I've ever done. It so went different. well, but the second it was over, I was like, I'd never have to do that again. Yeah. And people are like, I don't understand. I don't get it. 
because what you do every night is stand-up comedy. I was like, no, it's, it's not. not. No. And I've been thinking about that lately because I somebody asked me to do it once at like a comedy club. And it, it wasn't like, people liked it, people laughed, but it's not like, you can tell when people are like, mm -hmm. it's not, I'm not a stand-up comedian. But I've recently wanted to try getting into it because I think it's a great skill and I think it would it wouldn't hurt. It can only enhance how you host. But yeah, stand-up comedy is a completely different animal and I don't know how they do it. Uh, well, I, I have a lot of friends that are very successful at it and I applaud them because yeah, I think it's something that I could learn to do, but I don't know that I would ever learn to be completely comfortable doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's also a little more personal. You know, it's a little bit more about you and your story instead of trying to talk to other people. Yeah. Do you have uh, do you have any like things that you say sometimes that it's like if something if you're trying to get back on track with your audience, there's like a joke that you can fall back on? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got an outline script yeah. in my head. I have bullet points. I don't want to say it's a script, but I've, I've definitely got like a Rolodex in my head yeah. of dad jokes that <laughs> lets me go. Blah, 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 blah. Moving on. Yeah. And there's like, I feel like stand-up comedy is all that. So mm -hmm. the thing that I think would just ruin me is doing the same set. Night after night. Night after night after night. I wouldn't be able to find it. They're able to like still make it funny. And fresh. And I would be like, like I'd be the guy, like the Bueller, Bueller guy. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think also us as theater people, uh, I, I'll speak for myself. I feel like something like stand-up comedy, it's more of a monologue. So it's hard <clears throat> not to rehearse it to the point where you want it to be so perfect that it's a little too perfect. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And you, I feel like, I wonder how much of they, how much of that they go off script mm -hmm. and like, cause some things, some comedians will like put in places where they now talk to the audience. I've seen that. And that would be also scary. Yeah. Because now I just kind of make fun of people. Stand-up comedians can't do that. Scripted. <laughs> scripted impromptu breaks. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like somewhere in the middle and I don't know. I'm just like, all of it needs to be ridiculous. Otherwise, I can't yeah. do it. And also, I need a musical number. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, well. okay, well, this is not... <laughs> is this thing on? Let's do a number. I know I know. you've been sitting here for 45 minutes, but now I'd like to bring the room down with, uh, I'm going to sing 50% from Ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's half the time what it is. This is the next thing I have up next. is like, oh, we're doing a ballad? Great. <laughs> Great. Now they know why they're quiet. So getting back on track, um, <laughs> I want to know, like, so New York City is known, obviously, as a giant melting pot. Everybody in the world wants to come here. They do come here. Everybody intermingles. What is the drag scene like? Oh, it's competitive. Is it? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's um <laughs> it's now right now it's so crazy that like even uh, there are like four bars opening up for drag and it's still like there are too many queens to still mm. have everybody be booked and doing something. So it's really I'm really lucky to have the shows that I have right now. I work like five or six shows a week and that's exhausting but like I, you know you can't help but be like so grateful for that yeah but it's crazy and it's also again it's one of those things where you have to walk around and you have to tell yourself what you do is valuable other people have different talents because here it's not all i i don't i've never really seen drag from other places but usually like a place tends to de like develop a talent that they present and drag and like locally. I, I always say drag is a regional sport. Yeah. Everywhere you go, they play the game a little bit differently. Exactly. And so here you see all of it because people will tend to come from that place, mm -hmm. bring it here, and then everyone sees it and everyone takes things that they like from it or it gets beaten out of them, the things that people don't <laughs> like about it. And so you see a lot of it here and you have to tell yourself what I do is also valuable. There are things that I do that other people can't do. And then you just have to respect. And that's, I think it's really hard for people because it can be a very catty scene here. It can be a very judgy scene here sometimes, but I think people just have to like take a step back and be like, everyone's got their own way. I just did a show in Brooklyn. They hate me. In Brooklyn? Oh my gosh, they hate me. And Why? Well, what did Thorgy Thor do? No, Thorgy. The, <laughs> see, and Thorgy is so crazy to me because there are some queens in Brooklyn who are very like 
not your typical Brooklyn Queens, but they still do really well down there. Thorgy being one. And she's just, I mean, she's amazing. Um, but even then she has her like quirks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time in Brooklyn, I've noticed it's like, you know, just the wig styles are different. All of that is crazy. I was in the place and somebody was like, you can tell who the, who the Brooklyn Queens are and who the Manhattan Queens are in here. Really? And it was like a little bit of shade. And I, I, I always get so nervous when I go to Brooklyn because I'm just not what they're there for. So you've got to find your niche, you've got to find your market, and then you've got to do your job. Do you find yourself trying to adapt who you are when you go to different places that have a different expectation? Sometimes. Uh, Yes. I'm, but I'm also, it's because of that reading the room thing. I'm not good at like sending my numbers ahead of time because either I always want to get to a venue, see the people and be like, no, because then I'll send one at this charity event. I sent them three numbers. And right before I went on, I was like, can I change everything? Everything. Everything. Yeah. I like to think that I have at least a Rolodex that I don't have to change. Like, myself as a person for a gig yeah but like i do i do try to cater to my audiences a little more yeah well like uh i was just in houston and you know i it's weird when you go out on a tour because you can only bring so many things yes and you have to prepare these numbers and these costumes and these wigs that you can travel with that have to be adaptable uh, and you're playing in all these different markets. Yeah. So, like, I just released that country album. I'm out there singing this country song. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I It kills one night. And you're like, okay, I'm here tonight. And the, everybody's dancing. There's a big Latin flavor here. So I feel like I should this be is not, doing yeah, something right. a little more high energy. So I'm the same one. I'm like, okay, if I maybe take the sleeves off of this dress, I can just tack them back on. And then I can pull it up a little bit. And then I can do... Tina Turner or Beyonce or any kind of Lizzo, whatever. That's a sport in its own. And mm-hmm. how how often are you like? Is it very? I don't know how the tours work. Is it just very like strict? I imagine they have to because it's usually with a lot of girls, right? Yeah. So there's probably a little less flexibility in that situation. Yeah, and and I will say almost all of the promoters they want the music in advance now, and it's it's not fun having to explain to them, you know, because no, I like exactly. I over explain. I one of the people I'm not just like, no, I'll give it to you the day of. I'm like, I'll give it to you the day of because <laughs> I want to feel out the room and I want to give you the best show possible and I want your audience to really respond. But also then that problem is you're like. Not only am I going to give it to you the day of, I might give it to you like 10 seconds before before. I go on stage. I'm very lucky. I work with the DJ, uh, DJ Gingy. He's my DJ like three. Gingy? DJ Gingy. Yeah. Oh. He's a little redheaded cub, I'm going to (gasps) say. It's me. I didn't. didn't, (laughs) It's you. I didn't want it to come out this way, but I've been been (laughs) moonlighting. Yeah, you come, you fly back every yeah, time. Every day, show. every day. I work with him three shows a week, and he knows me at this point where I'll say a little something, and he'll, and I'll turn to him and be like, can we do it? And he'll say the thing to me, and I'll be like, all right, well, <laughs> he knows where I'm going. And so I'm able, he just has all of my songs on his computer. If he wanted to, I'm pretty sure he could just become me. <laughs> And people might not know the difference. Well, that's what my husband and I have going now is, you know, he knows me a little bit better than I know myself when I'm tired. Yeah. So he'll be able to, I'll go to him. I'll be like, okay, I've been looking around the room and I think I should do it. He'll be like, you're doing this and this. I already figured it out. You're like, it's yes, that's exactly what people. I wanted to do. It's uh-huh. good to have those people. Yeah. And that's what's so good also about like when you are at home, when you're in your own local scene, you've built this rapport mm-hmm. with not only like the people that come and see you but the people that work with you all the time so there's this level of trust yeah and you know that they're going to have your back and they're going to help you be as good as you can be the best part about that i'm sure it's a lot harder on a tour but like also with you know bartenders even get involved at shows where it's mm-hmm. like the bartender knows that at this moment either you're going to get up on the bar or he has <laughs> to hand you this prop or there's like it's so wonderful when you have a sometimes bars just aren't that friendly it's like sometimes the staff just doesn't isn't that staff but i do work with a lot of staff people all over the city who just know what to do and seem to enjoy it i love my home base is hamburger mary's in orlando i've been there for over a decade i still haven't been at one of those 
Um, they're all very different because they're franchised. You know, it's oh. not really, it's, it's a chain, but it's not a chain, like a corporate chain. Um, so they're all a little bit different. I love working at all of them, but ours in Orlando, it's so funny because we did Broadway brunch for years. It's, I started it uh, with my friend, the Minx. We both moved on at this point, but it's still going strong. It's won like all of these awards. It's a big thing, you know, um, but the productions were huge in this tiny little restaurant. So it's always the, impressive what drag queens throw together. But we would have to choreograph with the servers and the hostesses about oh. and, and they you like it's over 10 years at this point. Even today you could go in and watch one of these shows. They're like, and, I did that. And and they see you walking this way, so they'll take their fries and they'll spin the other way and keep walking. <laughs> but it, it's it's so fun because you like know a that, loose choreo. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, girl, if you see us coming, you better duck. Um, but they always put like a little flair to it. And there's one there. I'm going to give him a shout out because I'm sure he's listening. DJ Captain Kirk. He's been there for forever. Um, he loves to be involved in the show. That's But that's lovely. He, yeah. he is our own Lucille Ball. And he will walk up when we're doing like The Little Mermaid. And he'll walk up with the spray bottle from the kitchen and just... <laughs> I have... Or he came up with bubbles one time. <laughs> we do a show out on Fire Island where we do My Heart Will Go On. And the, the bartender will come up and throw a bucket of ice at us. <laughs> and it gets everywhere. But it's always, you know, it's one of those things where you take a risk and then the audience is like, oh! Uh-huh. But yeah, it's always fun to have people like that get involved and do the stupid little things with you. It makes it a lot easier to do drag. <laughs> well, we have jammered. Is that a, that's the, the medical term. We have jammered on. Jammered? Oh, jammered on. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were talking about another number uh, that you do. It's a part of my vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> uh, we are at 52 minutes. So we've got eight minutes before we have to wrap this up. But. I have four questions that I ask all of my guests and four I want to ask you right now. Minutes? Okay. Yeah, we could do this. We can do it. Hell, we <clears> can <throat> have seven more conversations by then. Uh, question number one. What is your definition of a local queen? Ooh. Um, I feel like a local queen. Here it's hard because local queens get booked for so much but and so much big stuff. But I'd say, honestly, I still think of local queens as just people who haven't been on drag race is that a very broad definition of it yeah or local queens i mean at least from the city like a philadelphia queen i don't think of as a local queen here but there i think of them as a local queen so i guess a local queen is just anyone who can be seen in my area okay it's such a broad i mean it's broad but there's so many different types of drag that's why i I asked that question because i get different answers every time and i think they're all very valid yeah because i also don't even think I suppose I do tend to think of it as someone who is also paid to be in these situations. But now there are also so many tip spots out there that I know queens who don't yet have a show of their own, but I know them because they've been making the rounds and Mm -hmm. I consider them local queens. So now here's an interesting question that's not part of the four, but you were talking about like the Brooklyn Queens versus the Manhattan Queens. Do you consider yourself like, a Manhattan local queen, but definitely not like a Brooklyn local queen? Or is it all-encompassing? Yeah, I can go out to Brooklyn and they have no idea who I am. Here, people tend to know where I or know yeah. who I am. But out there, no. And also, I don't even consider myself a Queens local queen anymore because I don't work anywhere in Queens. I live out there, but I don't work anywhere. I just basically am a patron out there. Huh. So it does get a little more localized, I guess, in my head. Okay. Question number two, what is the worst performance you have ever given? Worst performance I've ever given? Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, I feel like there was, you know what? We just had, it's, I have a few that I can't remember. And that's what- That's why I have been sober for two years. Yeah, (laughs) it gets a little overwhelming. You're always in bars. I actually just recently had one that I am not proud of, but apparently (laughs) I laid- on the ground and sang live a song because I couldn't stand up anymore. Like, I think I was sitting on the edge of the stage and then at some point I was like, no, I gotta lie down. And then I went down and continued to sing You went from Judy to Liza. (laughs) Yes. And I did that. And it's always like, at least people were entertained by it, 
but in my mind, the worst possible thing that I could have done. That's, okay. That's, and I don't even know what the song was. Yeah, well, neither did they. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> they were like, oh. What? If you were that far gone, I'm sure it was that. And it was probably like, once I have a few shots, I'm like, I'm going to do the shot song. That's a good one. <laughs> so I probably did Pour Me a Man, my first number and my last number. <laughs> All right. Question number three. What is the best performance you've ever given? Something that you are incredibly proud of. Ooh, okay. Um, you know, I think it is now. I actually recently revived it and um, I did, I and there are so many, I, I'm probably forgetting a dozen right now because I just do. Enough. So many great things. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I do so many <laughs> shows where you kind of, I like the shows give you an energy and it's yeah. not just one specific number or anything. But um, this last Pride, we had just gotten off of uh, quarantine. We were finally allowed back in places. And I think we were at this point, allowed to not wear masks on stage and uh i did i am what i am in oh. uh yeah i know yeah oh. are you familiar i've heard of it once or twice <laughs> i did i am what i am and i was in this beautiful florence Delis dress and it was like the big victorian hips gorgeous and all rainbow and uh it was the first time that my brunch i do a local brunch saturdays and sundays and it was the first time that we'd sold out uh, the downstairs and the upstairs. So it was kind of like my own. Like a big yeah. moment. And it was I Am What I Am. And money started raining from the ceiling with it. And I was just, that's the one I'm thinking of right now. That was really fun. Well, mine is, my most proud moment is also I Am What I Am. Is it? It is. It's such a, it like, I've heard it a dozen times. I've sung it a dozen times. Every time I do it, especially when you have the right crowd. And on Pride, it's always the right always crowd. Always the right crowd. And when you yeah. do that one, it's just, it hits you the same way as the first time you heard it. And it's... Yeah, because the, the message is so true. It was true 30 years ago. It's true today. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's a fight we're still all fighting, you know? Yeah. And it's also one of the few ones, I think, that is super specific to drag queens. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you sing that one, it's one of the only ones that you don't have to like rework the message in your head to make sense for you. Yeah. So that one, that one's my favorite one recently. Yeah. Wonderful. And question number four, what would your advice to a, an up and coming local queen be? Oh, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> learn how to talk to people, but also I feel like the one I think all the time is put in your time. Yeah, And I know we're not ever going to stop. I, like I said, when I got my first hosting gig, I was like, obviously me, I'm a star. But I feel like a lot of people want to jump from like, I'm doing drag in front of my mirror at home straight to like, I'm, I'm the show hostess of, uh, and the, I book every show. I'm the show director. I'm famous. <laughs> and while it's like infuriating to have to like be patient and wait and put your time in. I feel like one of the valuable things about this community is that we, you know, help people grow and we mm -hmm. lift them up. And then when it's, when they're ready, they get all the work and they're great performers, but yeah, definitely patience and put in the time. Yeah. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Nobody in the world is a true overnight success. <clears throat> Everybody that you see that it seems like they come out of nowhere and take off and now they're megastars, they've been putting in the work for yeah. years and years. Absolutely. Doing free stuff, <laughs> Even showing up and just, just to be seen. Exactly. And I just feel like some people don't realize that. I mm -hmm. think people see it's hard, especially with like social media and everything. It's hard to look at other people succeeding like that and feel like you shouldn't already be there yeah i there's two that i really kind of recall watching in real time adele because i i was obsessed with uh her first album and i used to do like right as rain and all that kind of stuff yeah um and every time i would perform it everybody would be like what is that who is that like oh it's adele she's a british singer she's incredible she's gonna be huge Lizzo. nobody well and she's my second ah, one. she's your second one so both of them i have literally like watched the like I used to do their songs and nobody knew who they were mm -hmm. and then they get that one big break that one moment like for um Adele it was SNL and like the next day everybody on cast at Parliament House was doing that was doing Adele songs 
Yeah. And the same thing with Lizzo. Like she started to gain her traction, and then everybody was like, "I'm the biggest Lizzo fan." I was like, "Mary, I've been a Lizzo fan." It's also crazy they used phone for your uh, for your for your season. Yeah, and that was like that was one that she kind of. You know who else did it? Uh, the song is called, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this, but the Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Bitch, I'm a cow. And it's- Oh, uh, Doja Cat. It's Doja Cat. And it's one of those things where it's like, they do these songs that seem kind of silly or, you know, ridiculous. And then suddenly they're like, you know, uh, winning Grammys and their songs are a completely different style. But can I, I tell you, one. let me tell you, so this is a little diversion right here, but kind of in the same essence. I had this voice teacher when I was growing up. Her name was Navi Green. She was fantastic. She was 900 years old when I was 12. (laughs) So I'm sure she's probably passed on by now. God rest her soul. But she would always, when I was getting ready to go and audition for something. Sorry, the 900 stopped me. (laughs) It's been 84 years. She would make me sing Rubber Ducky for my auditions. Really? And I was like, I don't want to sing this. It's so embarrassing. It's so stupid. Every time I took her advice and I sang Rubber Ducky, I got either a callback or I got cast because they were like, you know, who thinks to sing that? It's something that just sticks out. So you can't get it out of your head. Like you can sit there and listen to 5 million renditions of the most beautiful songs you've ever heard. But the one that's going to play through your head is Robert Ducky. You're the one. It's like, let's bring that person back. Let's yeah. see that person. <laughs> let's see what children's tune they give us this exactly. time. Exactly. Or are you capable of doing anything? Or something else. You know, outside of the preschool sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I know we need to wrap this up right now. But yeah. Having, so I guess, yeah. So the I'm thing was so just, much fun. I am too. Um, I, wanted, I want you to let all of our listeners know where they can find you and follow you. Ooh, yes. Okay. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm at J-A-C-K-L-Y-N-N dot H-Y-D-E. And that dot fills me with fear. I think that they like, I think they delete people when they have dots in the name now. Really? I think so because they think they're like a website or something. Like they're trying to promote. What if your name was dot? Well then, yeah, you'd be, you would never have an Instagram. I don't know. I'm still worried that they're going to delete me. But I also we don't, won't let it happen. I have a TikTok, but I've never posted a video. I have thirty six followers. Ooh, you've made it. Yeah, I know thirty six followers on TikTok. I have no videos. I don't know. Hide and it. what's what's your at for that? I think it's just at Jacqueline Hyde. J a c k l y n n h y d e. I, I want to look, but I think that's it. Also, nobody spells Jacqueline that way because I didn't know how to spell Jacqueline when I started. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So if you just spell it J-A-C-K-L-Y-N-N-H-Y-D-E, you're probably going to get me. Wonderful. <laughs> and what shows do you have throughout the city throughout the week? Whew. Okay. Well, tonight would have been Broadway Mondays with Holly Box Springs. <gasps> I love Holly Box Springs. I do, too. Um, I actually do two shows because uh, Thursdays I do a show down at the Cauldron in the Financial District with Holly Box Springs. Uh, it's called Bombshells. Oh, we've also got Wednesdays at Toolbox. It's called Behind Bars because we're in a go-go cage. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And then I, I, I sense a lot of he had it coming. Yes, he had it coming. And when you're good to mama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Saturdays and Sundays, I do a brunch at Haswell Greens on 52nd and Broadway. And it's trivia on Saturdays, bingo on Sundays. And after bingo on Sundays, I go down to Playhouse and I do a show there in the village. So you're a busy gal. Yeah, I'm spread out too. It's a lot oh, of travel. I thought you said you hadn't had a date in a yeah. while. <laughs> busy and spread out. That's <laughs> how I like it. And so you are single and ready to mingle. I am. Yeah. And what do you look for in a lover? <laughs> Patience. Patience. <laughs> oh, so any up and coming local queen? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Someone with patience. All right. Well, you can send in all of your requests to us. I'm. I'd love to play matchmaker. We'll make this happen. Oh, I'm an ordained minister, so I'm trying to like rustle up some business, some wedding business for myself. I uh, absolutely. Yeah. I will have you. Would you do it? Sure. Okay. Great. Yeah. If you set me up with someone, you get to officiate. Perfect. And. <laughs> I'll bake the cake. Oh, that's going to be a much cheaper wedding. Now, I do want to say, we didn't get to touch on the food at all, but um, you had sent me a message, which I did not get until recently. Asking you during quarantine to do it. During quarantine. And so tell me just really quickly about that. Oh, yes. Uh, so during quarantine, it was actually, it, the one that ended up taking off was the cooking show with Monet. I taught her how to make a sponge cake that looked like a sponge. I did remember that. And um, then... 
I was doing this, I think it was called, what was it? Saturday Sweets? Yes. It was Saturday Sweets and I had sugar cane, I had Dusty Ray Bottoms on there and I was asking you, but it was hard. Once I had set the bar with sugar cane, I was like, I, it's hard to figure. I think Pissy Miles did it with me also, but it's hard to, once you set the bar that high to keep finding guests <laughs> that know who you are. But I would love to do one with you anytime. So I, what's the premise of it? It's basically you teach me to make your favorite sweets recipe. Like we'll look it up. And if you don't know how to make it, that like, I think I did banana bread with Dusty Ray Bottoms, sugar cane. We did sugar cane. We did some, oh no, we did brownies. We did brownies, we did brownies with sugar cane. And then somebody, it was Pissy Miles, did the most complicated cookie with jam. And it. it was like a shortbread cookie. It was called a queen something. And it was very complicated, but they were beautiful. They had a cherry in the middle. Ah, I had to go shopping in the middle of a pandemic. For cherries. For cherries. They're still in my fridge. I just need to get rid of them. They never go bad, I think. No, they don't. I I don't know. Because they're terrible for you. Give a sniff, it's fine. But yeah, so if you've got a favorite thing, we can always make it. I make a version, you make a version, and then we just see how we like the Okay, let's do this. All right, so follow up with us later, and we'll we'll do... Uh, a cooking thing. Yes, Saturday sweets. We'll do it on a Saturday. And you can actually sound off right here and let us know exactly what you want us to cook. Ooh, I'm open uh, to that. Any, okay. Any kind of dessert foods would be great. <laughs> It'd be like a souffle. <laughs> a souffle. <laughs> I am Ginger Minge, and you can find me across all social media platforms. Just go to gingermingeonline.com. That's gingermingeonline.com. And you have all of that information is right there. And make sure you comment, like, subscribe, uh, share, uh, <laughs> send to your friends, send to your enemies, send to your Nana, because I'm sure she has nothing better to do. Oh. And um, we'll see you next time on Local Queens, where we celebrate hometown sheroes. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.